welcome to Intentional Inclusion with the Diversity Doctor, your weekly dose of diversity and inclusion content with me, your host, Dr. Donna Dehan. I want to help as many organizations as possible create people-centered businesses because I know that when your people thrive, so too does your bottom line. I'm here to help you move from professing an interest in DNI to implementing practices that will change the way you do business for the better. So, if you're looking to truly make an impact with your DNI efforts, you're in the right place, my friend. Every week, I will give you the perfect mix of theory and practice to help you create a business where everyone and your bottom line can thrive. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to episode six of Intentional Inclusion with the Diversity Doctor. I'm your host, Dr. Donna DeHaan, and I'm incredibly grateful that you have chosen to spend the next 20 minutes of your time being intentionally inclusive. Today, I want to focus on one of the foundational aspects of inclusion work, which for me is the identification and removal of barriers. In other words, what is it that prevents someone from entering and then feeling safe in any given space? Because once we can identify that particular barrier, we can work out a way to remove it. I like to think of this as one of my DNI superhero spidey senses. So let me try and explain this um, auditorily. Auditorily? Let me try and talk you through this, right? So when I walk into a room, the first thing I do is I notice who's there, who's here in the room with me right now, and who's missing. So, for example, as I walk into a space, I do a scan and I'm thinking, okay, does everybody look the same as me? Does everybody sound like me? Can I see different types of people in this space? And as I'm scanning the room, then, okay, bear with me. It's like there is this special effect green light that follows me around. And, you know, it's going to need its own special sound effect. So it's it's kind of like a... Right? And, you know, I don't know if you've seen the movies like the X-ray vision. It's when, as my gaze is scanning around the room, this green light would come sort of out in a, like, triangular span, scans the room, right? You with me? So that's what's happening. And what that scan shows me is who's missing from the room, but also what is the reason that they're missing? What is the roadblock? What is the barrier that is stopping that person from being in this space. So x-ray vision, I can see beyond who's in the room and it highlights to me who's missing and it also highlights for me the reason why they're missing. So let me give you an example. I'm hoping this is making sense on a podcast. Let me give you an example. If I walk into a room of senior leaders, chances are the majority of them are going to be middle-aged white men, probably talking about working 60 hours plus a week. And that's who I can see and that's who everybody else can see in the room. But what not everybody else can see, but I can see, is this translucent group of missing people, generally women. So for every one man that I can see in the room, I can see this kind of shadow of a woman who's missing. And she is held up behind this barrier of ridiculous working hours and caregiver responsibilities. 
That's why she is not in the room. She is stuck behind the barrier, these cultural expectations of working 60 plus hours a week, which she cannot do because chances are she also has other caregiver responsibilities. So here's the thing. If you want more women in senior leadership roles, remove the barriers of working hour expectations. Nine out of 10 times, the barriers are a result of culture. It's the way we do things around here. They are systematic cultural issues. They are not issues with the individual. So for example, we need to stop trying to fix women and we need to fix the pipeline. Women are not missing from the C-suite because they themselves are missing skills or expertise. They are missing because the pipelines that we have built have been built by one type of person for one type of person. The person that successfully navigates the pipeline with the least amount of barriers. White, able-bodied, cisgendered, straight men have to navigate far less barriers as they progress through the career pipeline than white, able-bodied, cisgender, straight women who themselves have to navigate less barriers than women of colour or individuals from the LGBTQI plus community and so on. So whatever space you're in, ask yourself who is missing and, and then ask yourself why. Why are they missing? Because the why is the barrier. Once we know what the barrier is, we can remove it. So let's take a quick look at somewhere else. We've been in a room full of um, senior management. Now let's have a quick look at sport. Let's look at um, football or soccer, depending on where you are from and where you're listening to this podcast right now. On the women's side of the game, there has always been a lot of openly gay players, but that is not the same on the men's side of the game. Openly gay men are missing from that space. Why? Because statistically, there will be a population who are gay who are currently playing football, soccer, but they do not feel safe enough to be openly gay. Why? Well, men's football, soccer has evolved with an excessive focus on winning and it has developed a culture that is synonymous with hegemonic masculinity. Hegemonic masculinity simply means that all the stereotypical masculine traits such as competitiveness, strength, aggression are overemphasized. Now, this particular type of masculinity marginalizes those that do not possess these specific desired masculine traits. So the perceived stereotypical traits of a gay man do not therefore fit within this narrow framework. And it is this potential clash of stereotypes that prevents men's football or soccer from being a safe place for openly gay players. This has absolutely nothing to do with the physical football or soccer skills of a straight or gay player. And it has everything to do with the socially constructed definition of success in football. So if we want football or soccer to be a safe place for openly gay men, we have to break down the hegemonic masculinity. That is the barrier. So again, whatever space you're in, ask yourself who is missing and then ask yourself why. And the why is the barrier. Once we know what the barrier is, we have to remove it. Let's take another look at something. Let's look at um, recruitment, for example. So you may say you are lacking diversity in your candidate selection population. So I often hear, yes, we would love to have 
um, more diversity at this level of the organisation, but we can only deal with the population that we're, we're given. So I can only make a selection based on the shortlist that I'm given, and the shortlist is of one type of person. And then it often becomes, so it's not my fault, um, I can only select from these people. Now, the most obvious answer to why your selection pool is too narrow is because you are fishing in the same pool all of the time. So you need to cast your net wider. Um, who is it? Is it Einstein? Einstein that says the definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. This is, this is a kind of the same thing with, with recruitment. If you keep putting out the same recruitment uh, profiles, this, the same job description and profiles to the same places, you will continue to get the same type of candidates coming in. Now, education criteria, for example, is often used in uh, recruitment as a selection criteria. And there are so many barriers associated with education. We have come to equate achieving a level of education with a level of intelligence. But access to education is a privilege not everyone has, and it's by no means a level playing field. Whether we're looking at high school, college, university, master's, PhD, all these different levels of ed education all have numerous barriers to access beyond how intelligent someone is. Geographical location, socioeconomic, gender, race, culture, etc. These are all ways, of, these are all different types of barriers that can stop somebody simply accessing education. So specifying a particular level of ed education is a filter that will enable you to select from those who have the privilege of accessing that level of education. This is not the same as saying it is a filter for intelligence. So again, we have to consider what is stopping someone entering this room? What is stopping a certain type of candidate from applying for your job? What's in your job description? Where are the barriers? Where are you sharing your job description? There will be barriers there. Every step of the way, ask yourself who's missing and why. Power and privilege enable many of us to knock down barriers we don't even notice. We can simply navigate around them painlessly, meaning that our path from A to B may feel effortless. We may not come across barriers because we simply have power and privilege. But the path I walk is not the only path. It is the job of those of us with power and privilege to shine the light on the path others take, to highlight the barriers that they face and do everything that we can to remove those barriers. Being an intentionally inclusive leader, I know that I cannot win at business because business is an infinite game, not a finite game. I also know that I cannot succeed because I simply make it to the top unscathed. And I think a lot of pipelines in organizations are created this way. So the people that end up making all the decisions are the people that made it through the pipeline with the least barriers in the first place. And they simply perpetuate the same culture. I got here. I made it to the top. I'm okay. I survived. So why wouldn't anybody else? It's always the other person's Something's wrong with the other person. That's why they're not here. They're not smart enough, confident enough. They're too emotional. They don't have the time. As opposed to just realizing that, well, I was lucky that I fit in the pipeline and didn't come across barriers. And that's a privilege that got me to this position of power. 
So again, I would be successful in business because I know that when I look around the room, I'm not missing anyone. That for me is success in business because I know that I need everyone in that room to be successful. So if I look around the room and everybody looks like me, it's simply because we were the ones that got to that place with the least amount of barriers. I hope this is making sense. So please have a look around the space you're in and ask yourself who is missing and then ask yourself why. The why is the barrier and your job is to remove that barrier and that, my friend, is intentional inclusion. So a little shorter this week, but I think, I feel that's very impactful. It's a big thing in terms of DNI work, identifying and removing barriers. So please be mindful this week as you go about your daily work, when you're in a space, have a look around and think, okay, who's here and who's not? And then ask yourself why and consider why, why are they missing? Thank you so much for listening. If you found this episode useful, please hit subscribe and please share with anyone who you think may also benefit from the content discussed today. Until next week, my friend.